Welcome to this new life podcast. It is our desire that you learn all of the benefits of the abundant life that you have in Jesus Christ, so you can live your life to its fullest. Listen and be encouraged. Well, good morning and hello to everybody in new life and everybody else that's watching. This is our Sunday morning, our Sunday service coming to you live from my house. I am looking forward to when we can all get back together and worship together. But in the meantime, we are going to make the best of what we can to communicate God's word, to encourage people's hearts, and to bring peace and hope into this challenging situation that we're presently in. I want to begin with uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 this morning, this afternoon as we're recording this. In the Passion Translation, it says, Trust in the Lord completely, completely. Do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you, and he will lead you in every decision that you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. In the time that we're in right now, there's a lot of challenges and situations and concerns and worries or fears that uh, would fill our mind concerning our jobs, our income, health, education, our kids, our future. There's just so many things. Many of you that have built businesses and you're concerned about the future of your business, many of you and your jobs, and just a lot of things that are coming uh, against our minds, our imaginations that could create worry and fear. There's a lot of unknowns that we have. What's going to be next? We cannot allow fear and vain imaginations to come in and to become a torment to us. So in the time of the unexpected, in the time of the unknown, there are things that we can do that bring peace, bring comfort, and become an anchor to our hearts and to our minds, to our very souls. Don't get stuck in the questions or imaginations that have no answers. Take them somewhere. Do something with them. Do not try to fight them with your head. Learn to fight them with the words that come out of your mouth and some actions that you can take right there with your home and your family. Take care. Take the care that is coming against you. Take the care that's trying to come upon you and do something with it. First Peter chapter five, verse seven, in the Amplified Classic says this, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. This goes back to what Pastor Josel was preaching last week. Understand that you are loved, that God is for you, that God is with you, that God is on your side. This present challenge, this virus is not of God. Sickness and disease does not come from God. God is good. And in the bad times, we are trusting the presence, the peace, the joy, the comfort, and the hope to show up and strengthen you through whatever challenge that you're facing. So I want to encourage you, take the care, Take the worries. Don't don't deny them. They're really there. The real worries, real concerns, real thoughts. Even in the book of Psalms, David said, I poured out my complaints before the Lord. Go to him. Say, Lord, these are the things that are bugging me. These are the things that are harassing me. These are the things that I don't know what to do with. And take the weight of them and cast them upon him. Give them to him. Psalms 55 verse 22 also in the Amplified Classic says this. Cast the bur- cast your burden on the Lord, releasing the weight of it, and he will sustain you. 
He will never allow the consistently righteous to be moved, made to slip, fail, or fall. So how do we do that? You know, the Bible gives us instructions or people tell us, okay, this is what you need to do. Do this. Okay, well, let me give you some hows to do that. Take some time to pray. Take some time to get quiet. Take some time to talk. You say, well, Pastor, I, I don't, don't know how to pray like you do. You know how to talk. Talk to God. Just get real. Get honest. Say, Lord, I'm troubled. Lord, Lord, I, I got issues. I got problems. I got worries. I got fears. I don't know what to do with this. Begin to talk to your heavenly father. Get in the word. See how he speaks to you. Then take those words. Let them get written in your heart. Then you begin to declare his word out of your mouth into your situation. Philippians chapter four, verse six in the Passion Translation says, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day. So it's not just something we do on a Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, or when we're thanking God for our breakfast or our merry ending, but be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on what is authentic and real and honorable and admirable, beautiful, respectful, pure, holy, merciful, and kind. Grab hold of your thoughts and get them in a right direction to where they're not feeding your fears. Let your thoughts begin to feed the faith that's in your heart. Get focused on the word. Follow the example of all that we have imparted to you and the God of peace will be with you in all things. James chapter five, verse 16 says, confess to one another. This is also in the Amplified Classic. And the wonderful thing about these recordings is you can go back, you can listen to these again and again, you can share these with other people. So it's not something you hear and then it's gone and you didn't write things down. Listen to it. Don't let the words drip off your ears. Let it get established in your heart. Faith is of the heart, it's not in the head. It's not theory, it's in the heart. James 5, 16, Amplified Classic says, confess to one another, therefore your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray for one another that you may be healed. I'm praying that while you're at home, while you're having time with your families, that there's healing coming in families, that there's healing coming in marriages, that the coldness or the aloofness or the inconsiderations or the taking for granted, that all of that is getting washed away with a new tenderness and a new appreciation, a new gratitude and a new love and, and a fresh tenderness that's coming in marriages between husbands and wives and parents and children. Said, and pray, let me go back here. Pray that you would be healed and restored to spiritual tone of mind and heart. Then it says this, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of righteous men and women makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working and continual in its working. Understand this, you and I have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. Righteousness is a gift that's been given to us when we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So when we stand as the righteousness of God, our prayers become powerful. Do not minimize your prayers. 
You don't have to pray for hours and hours, but it says the continued heartfelt prayer of righteous men and women makes tremendous power available. Allow that tremendous power to become available in your homes, your situation. Speak it out over your finances, your job, your kids, whatever you're going through. And it's dynamic. It's continual and it's working. So what I want us to do also as we're together on this Sunday, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, I'm going to read this verse. It says, most of all, I am writing to encourage you to pray with gratitude to God, to all men, with all for, for all men, with all forms of prayers and requests, and that you intercede with intense passion. Not casual, but passionate prayer. And pray for every political leader and representative so they would, we would be able to live tranquil, undisturbed lives as we worship the awe-inspiring God with pure hearts. It is pleasing to our God and Savior to pray for them. He longs for everyone to embrace his life and to return to the full knowledge of the truth. Therefore, I encourage the men. Come on, men. I encourage the men to pray on every occasion with hands lifted to God in worship, with clean hearts, free from frustration and strife. I want us to pray right now. Just join with me as we pray for President Duterte and the leaders of this nation. Father, in Jesus' name, we lift up the president of the Philippines. We lift up the vice president, all the cabinet members, and all these men that are making decisions for the safety of the Philippines and the Filipinos. Give them wisdom. Fill them with the knowledge of your will and our wisdom and insight and understanding, making decisions to do the best that they know how to protect this nation from the further spread of any kind of virus. Men are not perfect. Men have faults. But you, O oh Lord, you're perfect. Your wisdom from above is pure and peaceful and gentle. So we pray for the leaders of our nation. Give them wisdom that comes from above and show them and lead them in the decisions that they make that would be the most beneficial to be a blessing to our nation and to our people and for healing and health and strength to come to our homeland here, to Manila, to the Philippines, and to these people. We thank you for your hand upon them. We come against the strife and the unnecessary uh, tensions in government, and we pray for unity, and in that unity that the people would be put first. We, we come against selfish ambition and political maneuverings and all of this, that your people be first place and that you have your way in the hearts and the minds of our leaders. Touch them by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want to encourage you as I continue on this for the next few minutes we have together. Really, the title of my message is called Prayer and Storms. So I want to go real quickly into two storms that I find in the New Testament. There's lots of storms in the Bible, but in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, it begins here. It says, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, talking about Jesus, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. Most people miss that sentence, that besides this one boat, there were a lot of other boats following along. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat and it was already filling. He was in the stern and he was asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and they said to him, teacher, do you not care 
that we are perishing. Don't you care? We are going to die. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? Why are you so afraid? How is it that you have no faith? And it says, and then they feared exceedingly. I mean, at first they're afraid of the storm. Now they're afraid, they're even more afraid because they have this guy in the boat who's rebuking the wind and the waves and the sea. It says, now they feared exceedingly and said to one another, oh man, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Understand this, when Jesus said, why is it that you have no faith? Why are you so fearful? First of all, they're in a boat and they're following the direction that he gave them. The reason they're in the boat is Jesus said, hey, come with me, let us go. We're gonna go somewhere, but we're gonna go to the other side. Right there, he gave direction, instruction, but he also gave them enough to sustain them with faith. Because he didn't just say, hey, let's go on a boat ride. He said, let's go to the other side. Now, what happens, a lot of times you and I, we are following the will of God. You're right in the middle of the will of God. You're doing exactly what God told you to do. And yet storms arise and you're wondering, why am I going through this? I I'm doing what God told me to do in my business, my marriage, and yet I have this storm. Well, anytime you have direction from God, you also will have a word that will sustain you. We're gonna to go to the other side. He didn't say, hey guys, let's go halfway and drown. He said, let's go to the other side. And a lot of times when the unexpected rises up, like this coronavirus, like what we're going through right now, we have a tendency to think that God is not with us, that he's abandoned us because what we see, what we feel, and what we hear is more real to us than what we remember. They forgot what he said. Now, they did go and wake him up. And if you're afraid and you think Jesus is sleeping, let me tell you, go wake him up. He still cares. But they woke him up and they said, Lord, don't you care? Because from what we see and from what we feel, it looks like you don't care. And many people may be in that situation now. And according to what you feel and what you see and what's going on in your mind, you think God doesn't care. But let me tell you, he does care. He does care about you. He loves you. And the Bible says that Jesus stood up and he rebuked the storm and he said, peace, be still. Let me encourage you today, be more aware of the Jesus in your boat than the storms and the wind and the rain and the waves that are blowing against your boat. You and I are going to go to the other side. Don't allow the circumstances and the things that you see and feel to be more real to you than what you believe in your heart. They forgot his word. I want to encourage you. Remember what his word says to you concerning the situations of your life. Acts chapter 27, there's another storm. I'll read through the story with you. I'm not gonna read all of it, just enough to give you a, a picture of what's happening. And this is with the apostle Paul. Now, when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them saying, men, I perceive this voyage will end with disaster and much loss. Not only the cargo and the ship, but also our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion, which was the Roman soldier, was more persuaded by the helmsman, the captain of the ship, and the owner of the ship. So the centurion, who's over a hundred soldiers, the captain of the ship, and the owner of the ship, they're the ones that carry the authority, not this prisoner, not Paul, who's on his way to go uh, be, to be presented to Caesar. 
more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. And because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority advised them to set sail from there. So Paul is now getting ready to go on a journey that he has no control over. He's tried to warn them, but he has no control in the situation. Okay. When the south wind blew softly, supposing he had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed close by Crete, but not long after, a tempestuous headwind arose called Eurycline. So when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive. In other words, the circumstances are now driving the boat. They're no longer able to control the direction of the boat. And running under the shelter of an island called Clada, we secured the skiff with difficulty. And when they had taken it on board, they used curdles to cables to undergird the ship, fearing that lest they should run aground on seared sands. So they struck sail and they were driven. In other words, they wrapped the ship up as tightly as possible, trying to hold it all together. This is what happens when we get into a storm. We try to tighten things up and we try to hold it all together just in case we hit unexpected objects. And because they were exceedingly tempest the next day, they lightened the ship. And on the third day, we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. So not only are they trying to tighten everything up, but they're trying to get rid of all the unnecessary things and lighten the load. Now, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. In other words, things are not looking good. But after long abstinence from food, Paul stood in the midst and said, men, you should have listened to me. This is one of those, I told you so moments. You should have listened to me and not sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster among you. And also loss and possibly the ship. But now I urge you to take heart for there'll be no loss among you, but only of the ship. And I want you to catch this. For there stood by me an angel of God to whom I belong and to whom I serve, saying, do not be afraid. Paul, you must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted to you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart or take courage, for I believe that it will be just as it was told me. However, we're going to run aground on a certain island. They had gone two weeks without food. And Paul stands up and he says, listen, I want you all to take heart because an angel of the Lord spoke to me. Now, you may not have an angel of the Lord visit you and speak to you, but every one of you has a Bible in your house. Every one of you has a laptop. Every one of you has some kind of instrument that you can go online and you can read God's word. You don't need a word from an angel. You need a word from the Lord. And in the middle of any kind of storm, you can have a word that will bring confidence and peace and bring courage into your heart. Paul said, there stood by me an angel of the Lord to whom I belong and to whom I serve. And he says, I want you to take heart because I believe that it will be as it was told me. Every time I read the word, I believe it will be as it was told me. In the middle of this crisis, in the middle of this home arrest, this quarantine and everything that we're going through, in the middle of this concern about virus, I believe that it will be as it was told me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. I believe that it will be as it was told me. He sent his word and healed me and delivered me from destruction. I believe that it will be told me that he forgives all my sins and he heals all my diseases. I believe that it will be told me that if God is for me, who can be against me? I believe that it will be as told me that no weapon formed against me shall prosper and everything that comes against me in judgment shall be condemned. I believe that it will be told me that we are more than conquerors in Christ, through Christ who loves us. Now, I believe that Paul also prayed. This is where I want to take this in the last few minutes we have together. I believe Paul prayed. And I want to tie this in for a few minutes with what Pastor Josel preached last week. I believe Paul was praying. Now, did Paul rebuke the storm? I don't know. I've been in storms and uh, I've been in some really bad storms. I rebuked them. They didn't change. Uh, but my peace wasn't because the waves disappeared. It was because the presence of Jesus appeared on the inside. Paul's in a storm for two weeks. It would have been nice if he just stood up and rebuked it, but he, he didn't. <laughs> Why Jesus didn't show up and rebuke it, I don't know. But true peace is not the absence of the problem. It's the presence of a person and a strength and a courage that comes in the middle of any challenge. And that's what you and I have. We have a presence. We have a person. We have a promise in our lives. Paul prayed. I believe he prayed. Um, Pastor Joseph talked about praying in the Holy Ghost. He talked about praying in the Spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says this, And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. I believe in verse 28. I believe that all things can and will work together for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. But I believe that verse 28 is because of verse 26 and verse 27. So let me back up. Likewise, the Spirit helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we are. But the Spirit himself makes intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who sought, searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. When you pray in the Spirit, the Bible says that you're speaking mysteries. Paul says this. Now, if I'm going to pray according to the will of God, I can pray according to the will of God when I am aware of it, but how do I pray according to the will of God that I am not aware of or becomes unknown or things concerning the future? How do you touch your future and the things that concern you right now? First Corinthians 14, 2, Paul says this, He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. What is a mystery? It is something that is not yet revealed. There are no mysteries with God. There are mysteries to you and I that are not yet revealed. When we pray in the spirit, when we pray in tongues, when we speak in tongues, we are praying, as Paul said in Romans 8, uh, 27, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. When we pray in the spirit, we are speaking mysteries. We are declaring things that are not yet known beyond our understanding, beyond our comprehension, you're able to reach into your future and pray for things in your future that your mind is not aware of. You can pray with your understanding, with your knowledge of God's will and your knowledge of God's word. But how can you touch the things and pray for the things that you are aware of and you don't know about? You take time to pray in the Holy Ghost. Paul says this, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion? I will pray with the spirit, 
I'll also pray with my understanding. I will sing in the spirit. I'll also sing with my understanding. Paul goes on in verse 18 and says, I think my God, I speak in tongues more than you all. I have no doubt that in the middle of the storm, Paul was praying in tongues. He was praying in the spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost, however you want to refer to that. When he said, I pray in tongues more than you all, praying in the spirit is not a church exercise. It is something, it is a gift that God gives us. It's a byproduct of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's something that he gives us for everyday life. It's, it's not a, a church tool. It's a life tool. Uh, you need it if you're married. You need it if you have kids. You need it if you're single. You need it in business. You need to be able to pray for things beyond your understanding. Understanding is limited. If we only pray according to what we understand, then our prayers can only go so far. But it says here that he makes intercession according to the for the saints according to the will of God because he searched the hearts of the saints. In other words, the Spirit of God is searching your heart and concerning the will of God for your life. And so when he helps you pray, you go beyond the things that you understand to the mysteries, to the things not yet revealed. Even the setups of the enemy, the unexpected things that are coming your way, the things that you do not understand, you can pray for. I can pray for any single one of you right now if I had your name. And I may not know the situation of your life. But if I pray in the spirit, I can pray according to the will of God to the exact need of your life. If I can do that for others, how much more can I do it in my own home, my own wife, my children, my future, my health, my finances, and my situation? What an incredibly valuable tool the Spirit of God has given us that we need to use in these times. When I pray beyond my understanding, I take a hold of the unknown things, lay a hold of it, and help to bring it into my life. During this time of challenge, we need to be like Jehoshaphat when he was surrounded by an incredibly large army. He He didn't know what to do with. And he went before the Lord and he said this, Lord, we don't know what to do but our eyes are on you. In this time where we do not know what to do or we're limited by what we can do, let's keep our eyes on Jesus. He's the author and the developer of our faith. He said, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is kept on me. When we take the time to worship, when we take time to give thanks, when we take, and even worship and giving thanks, it's not something that's relegated to a Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon experience. It needs to be a part of our lives. Let prayer be a part of your life. Let praying in the Holy Ghost not be an emotional outpour in a service on a Sunday or some other day. Let it be something that you use to bring in the will of God, to declare the unknown, to to begin to pray and bring a strength and a courage and a faith and a hope that rises up from your heart. So the pressures and the worries and the fears of the unknown that's coming against your mind would not become an an imagination that torments would not become a fear that leads to panic, but there would be this overwhelming peace and courage and joy that rises from the inside, like the Bible says, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Take some time, give thanks, walk around your house, pray with your understanding, pray in the spirit, sing with your understanding, sing in the spirit. And as we do, in our homes and for our congregation, for our families, for our businesses, for our city and for our nation, we will raise a voice, a unified voice that will bring a strength and a courage and a peace that will bring healing to our homes, our city and to our nation. This is a fight we 
will win. The Bible calls us overcomers, that we are victorious through our Lord Jesus Christ. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Let me encourage you, in the storm, give thanks. Not for it, but because of who he is. In everything, give thanks. Not for the challenges, but for his peace, his strength. Give thanks because you may not know what's happening with your finances. Lord, I thank you. You're the Lord, my shepherd. I shall not lack. You are Jehovah Jireh. You're the God that's more than enough. Give thanks to him because of who he is. And then taking the time to pray. Pray in the storm. And what will happen is the storm that's in your house will cease and peace will come. May not stop the waves out there. May not stop the wind out there. We're still going to be locked down. We're still going to be under quarantine, but the storm out there doesn't have to come in my house, doesn't have to come in my home, doesn't have to fill my heart, and doesn't have to fill my mind. I can walk in peace, me, my home, and my family. And collectively as a church, as we continue to pray, we're going to see that peace begin to spill out into our streets and our cities, and peace is going to rule and reign in our nation, and we will overcome this. I pray the peace of God, truly. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Back to Philippians 4. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. And as you do, the peace of God will fill your hearts and your minds. Father, I thank you for every person watching. Touch them, strengthen them, encourage them. Let them be doers of your word. Let them take these words, go back through, meditate on these, and put them into practice. Thank you for the time that these, these men, these courageous men, these fathers, these husbands, these sons, these friends walk around their home and pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in the Spirit, declaring the mysteries of God, declaring the will of God. Let them begin to have a boldness. Let that river begin to flow. A prayer that we speak as unto him. And what happens is, is earth connects with heaven and heaven gets poured out into our portion of earth want to thank you for continuing to watch, joining us here on our live stream programs. Keep watching. We're going to be communicating to do anything that we can to add to your life and encourage you and bring peace and hope into your situation that we will come out of this stronger. Reach out to the people around you. Reach out to your community. Have a word of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Bring a comfort to someone. I pray for God's peace to fill your home, your heart, and we will see you again very soon in our next recording. Just be watching for us here on Facebook and YouTube. We're with you through all of this. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that God's powerful word can bring a change in your situation and transform your life. So we encourage you to share this message to your family and friends so they too can know of the new life that God has for them. If you prayed to receive Jesus for the first time or was simply blessed by this message, we invite you to connect with us. Follow us on Facebook at newlife.ph, Instagram at newlife underscore ph, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, New Life Media PH. You can also email us at connect at newlife.ph. We will be so glad to hear from you. To support the ministry, please visit newlife.ph slash alabang slash give. Your generosity is greatly appreciated. God bless you.